0: telling. While she followed Paul and uh, she would cry out, "These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very
1: much annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, "I order you in the name of Jesus
0: Christ to come out of her and it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city, they are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be after they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a earthquake. So much that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were
1: unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself,
0: since he supposed that all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for the lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling for Paul and Silas. And he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night he took them and washed their wounds, and he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
2: there are many. And then beside each one, what religious group uh, predominantly read this particular translation? For example, if you are in any Episcopal church on a Sunday morning, or in any of the uh, mainline Protestant churches, you will probably hear the scripture read from the New Revised Standard Version. And if you are in what the authors call centrist-evangelical churches, you might hear the scripture read in the New International Version. And he went on to describe all of these different relationships between the various translations and various denominations. And then he said, how terrible it is that we divide ourselves even about how we look at scripture. We are so tribal. All of that tribalism divides us. And I think he's absolutely right. We tend to be tribal. Now we see that in so many ways, I think, today. Perhaps it's most obvious in the Middle East that the tribalism that has arisen there and the conflict between Shia and Sunni Muslims. But it was also a reality in the bloody history of the Reformation on the continent and the English Reformation. I'll never forget. Uh, after seminary, I was watching uh, Catholic television. I didn't really realize I was. Watching it. Uh, it was a documentary about the English martyrs. And I was trying to think, I hadn't heard of any of these Anglican martyrs before. And that's because we're all Catholics, we're burning the same. And so there's a great history of it in the church. It's also present in society today. We know that tribalism is what seems to be infesting in our political life, not just here, but also in Europe. We see tribalism sometimes in the church as well. And we see it certainly within our, within our own family community. It's so unfortunate that we line ourselves up according to our tribe. The definition, of, or one definition of tribalism, is a strong in group loyalty. Loyalty in and of itself is not a problem. But when loyalty becomes Thank you. Proceeds to go down across uh, the Hebron Valley into the garden where he will be betrayed and arrested. In other words, these are the last words that are in Jesus' mind before he's handed over to the authorities. So these are very important words. And it's interesting that his focus at that particular time was on one thing: it was on unity. Unity of all those. But much more than that, also. I think one of the things that's very hard for us to understand is that from time to time in Scripture, we are invited to transcend time and space. We're invited to go beyond all of that, beyond this this material life that we know, where we can touch things, we can experience things with our five senses. And we're invited to go beyond that, to see that there's a reality that is more than that. And that's what this prayer is about. It's about the disciples. Jesus praying for them. But it's also about all of us who have come after, for receiving the witness of those disciples, the disciples after them, the disciples after them, finally us. I've often said, I think it's a miracle. We are all here on a Sunday morning. Why would people get up on a beautiful day, not read the New York Times if possible? Oh have that cup of coffee, but rather come into church. And it's because of the witness of those who have gone before us. And Jesus' prayer says that all of us are one. Those first disciples, the ones that came after, me, the ones that are here today, and the ones who will come after us, we are all one. Right now, not something that we can, but something. God's perspective right now. This blessing has been given to the church. This blessing of unity. There's another problem in this, however. We still have free will. So while Jesus has prayed us into unity, we must choose if we're going to live into unity. I had an experience a number of years ago when I was a late person. I was a member of the Vestry. And in this congregation, uh, suddenly there was this conflict that boiled up about the Rector. And I was in the part of the Vestry that was in favor of the rector staying. couldn't understand why everybody was so upset. And there was about half of the Vestry that wanted him to go uh, sooner than later. We all thought we were right. In fact, We really thought we were righteous. And it was our righteousness that got us into trouble. I often thought about that spirit. I mean, or perhaps have, has a different understanding of how it is. You can't accept them because they don't come up to our standard, the standard we have for our tribe. But recently I've come to believe that the goodness that come out of all of these denominations is not unlike these pictures you might have seen. I, I have one in my office, although it's not home because I'm about to move out. <laughs> but it's a picture that, that original was on the General Convention in 2000, and it's it's the face of Christ, but when you get up close, you'll find that there are all these individual faces that are in that mosaic, and I think that's what the denominations are. I think we're all a piece of the mosaic that is the body of Christ, and when we're at our best, we get to know each other, and we become, we start to appreciate one another and the distinction that we are as a a denomination. And I think that the Episcopal Church and the Anglican Communion has something in particular to offer as a denomination. I believe we are a wonderful bridge between Catholicism and Protestantism. We are the people of the middle way We take some from each and say, that can be good. But I think it's very important for us to see that Jesus' vision for the Church for the body of Christ was one of unity. It was not one of pride. In a few moments, we have the opportunity to participate in the baptism of Colin Edward White. I think it's important for us to remember that our unity as the body of Christ is based in our baptism. One of the things that I've have been a bit amazed at, is that these different denominations can accept the baptism of another denomination. That's true of someone's baptized in the Methodist Church. They can become an Episcopalian, don't have to be baptized. I think that's also true of the Roman Catholics. But most of the denominations will say is that you recognize
1: anyone baptized in the name
2: so when we're baptized, we are not baptized into the Methodist Church, the Episcopal Church, the Lutheran Church. We're baptized as
1: Christians,
2: part of the body of Christ. So this morning when we baptize Colin, Colin is being baptized in Christ's one holy, Catholic, apostolic church, just like we say in Greek. He is a part of something much greater than just one denomination. He is a part of Jose, part of the body of Christ, part of the expression of the love of God. And I pray that when we see him baptized, we will remember that they are all called,
1: called to unity.
3: Of this world which corrupts and destroys
1: the creatures of God? Do you renounce all
3: simple desires that draw you from the love of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept Him as your Savior? Do you put your full trust in His grace and love? Do you promise to follow and you're God in Christ. I Christ. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving
4: your neighbor as
3: yourself? I Will you strive for justice and
1: peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I
3: Let us now pray for this person who is to receive the sacraments of New Birth.
0: Deliver common. Sin and death. Lord, Open his heart to your grace and truth. Lord, Fill him with your holy and life giving Spirit.
1: Lord,
0: Keep him in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, Teach him to love others in the power of the Spirit.
1: Lord, Send him into the world as
0: witness to your love.
1: Bring
3: him to the fullness of your peace and glory. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. To lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it we are buried with Christ in his death. By it we share in his resurrection. Through it we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Now sanctify this water, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who hear are cleansed from sin and born again, may continue forever in the living life of Christ our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and Thank you. Courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your work. Amen. Amen. Let us welcome the newly baptized. Please join me. We receive you into the household of God, confess faith in Christ, Christ,
1: Christ. The faith-
3: Um uh-huh.
2: He doesn't like to have the offering bases left on the altar, so we will be removing them, being obedient uh, to our bishop. But I wanted to make sure that you understood why. And you might wonder, especially the others, wondered why we are no longer doing this. But he's a wonderful bishop, and he has a way of uh, maybe
1: even if the medicine went down, it's easy. You
3: might have been the most uproarious laughter. I've heard the 10 things about our. Um, the children are back, good. And that Craig Elliott is back. Wonderful. Craig, will you come up? (laughs) Um Craig, as you heard in his sermon, the body of Christ is the body of Christ. And Craig was baptized in the body of Christ, and he was confirmed in the body of Christ. And because that was not a new school church, we have simply received him in holy as the alien. And so Craig, I'll leave it all together with your arms and arms.
1: The prayer book has been from us, a screw of the church, and a prayer song for you to have
3: of our Lord Jesus Christ, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us. Deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. Let the grace of this Holy Communion make us one body, one spirit, in Christ, that we may worthily serve the world in his name. Praise this Lord, be known to us. Accept pray the these prayers the and praises, Father, through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit your church gives honor, glory, and worship from generations to generations. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are
1: bold today. Our Father are in heaven. be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is heaven. Give us today our day.
3: We who are many are one body,
1: because we all share one bread. One breath. The God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great Shepherd of the sheep,
3: through the blood of the everlasting covenant, making perfect in every good work to do God's will, working in you that which is well pleasing in God. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you.